to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. We would love for you to review the show, to give it a five-star rating if you love it. If you hate it, don't rate it. Now, but really, if you like what you hear, go tell somebody, give us a five-star rating, give us a review. We would love to have that support. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the team that brings you Vitality Radio each and every week. Last week, and as it has been the last few weeks, I've had to put a focus on this coronavirus, COVID-19. Today is no different. We're going to hit it up from a different angle, though. I've got a rant for you. I've got a primary topic. I've got reasons not to fear. I'm going to help you with those when we get into the show. Depending on how much time we have, I'm also going to hit something that I'm very excited about, new evidence that I did not know existed about how probiotics can help your mental health. Things I already knew, kind of, but I've got even better information for you than I ever have before. Very excited to share that with you, but it's going to take quite a bit of time. I've already got it prepared. I ended up having to sort of shift gears a little bit because I needed to bring you something I felt was more urgent. So you may even get a bonus episode of Vitality Radio Podcast later this week. We shall see. Regardless, welcome to the show. I want to get into this because I'm going to run out of time. If I don't, we're going to go right now into the Vitality Rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smokescreens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Okay, so here we are in rant time. And this one's actually going to be kind of a short one because I've got so much good information to share with you outside of the rant. But I want to get this out because I've been all over Facebook for the last few weeks trying to gauge the public's response to what's happening with COVID-19, trying to garner as much information as I possibly can behind the scenes about what's happening and what it all means for us. Obviously, there's never been a bigger, uh, I don't even know what the word is, pandemic reaction, pandemic response, I guess, is what I'm looking for, than we've had here. I've brought to you over the last 11 years of doing Vitality Radio all kinds of potential pandemics, even some that have been called pandemics. Uh, the swine flu comes to mind, but nothing that elevated to the level that this has. This has blown my mind in ways that, frankly, I never thought possible. And I'm sure you probably are right there along with me. So 
what I have for you today is a caution about the quote unquote experts and what they're saying, and maybe even more importantly, what they are not saying about COVID-19. Now, I brought to you a lot of information about vitamin C. Last week, if you did not hear that episode, I've had people tell me it was very enlightening and informative, and I would highly recommend you take a listen to that one. I've talked to you about the fear surrounding coronavirus and how fear weakens the immune system, how fear also weakens the ability to have rational thought uh, because of what happens with our cortisol levels when we are in fear. And rational thought is something that this country and this world needs in major proportions right now. And uh, we need to make sure that we calm down, relax, take a breather, and think about what we're doing right now because it's very, very important. Today's rant is primarily about three people that I do not trust. And unfortunately, all three are popping up on screens all over the world right now, and especially in America, making the biggest impact on the fight against coronavirus, COVID-19. These people are Bill Gates, you know who he is, Anthony Fauci, and Deborah Burks. Now, Fauci and Burks stand behind the presidential microphone as the uh, primary health advisors on this thing under President Donald Trump. It's important to understand, though, that they've been around for a long, long time, much longer than Trump has been. Fauci's served all the way since like 84. He's every president all the way back to almost Reagan, if I remember correctly. So he's been there a long time doing this. And uh, Deborah Burks isn't quite as uh, in front of the cameras as Fauci is. But it's important to understand that these are the three people that seem to be forming the most policy nationally on COVID-19. Have you noticed that Bill Gates is the most popular person in medicine lately? First, it's critical to understand that Gates, through his foundation, has funded in massive ways organizations directly connected to both Fauci and Burks. So you need to look at these three as a team because that's really what they are. There is a huge financial tie between them. All three are saying the same thing over and over again. There will be no stopping COVID-19 until we have a vaccine. Unfortunately, We have two of the biggest vaccine experts in American medicine, both on record stating that it is unlikely that we will be able to build a vaccine that A, is effective against coronavirus, and B, that is safe. I mean, the two people who have some of the biggest concerns are Peter Hotez and Paul Offit. These two are the biggest proponents of the vaccine program in America. They are extremely pro-vaccine, so these are not anti-vaxxers, quite the opposite. These are some of the biggest vaccine apologists you're ever going to find. Pro-vaccine people all the way, and yet they both have significant concerns that a coronavirus vaccine either won't work or will be too dangerous, and both have stated that it needs to be a very slow and methodical process. In fact, Offit, I believe, mentioned that he thinks that To develop a really effective vaccine, it sometimes can take decades, not years or months. And there has been a lot of concern from a wide range of people in medicine. And again, these are people who are pro-vaccine, not anti-vax people, but pro-vaccine people putting big question marks on the COVID-19 vax. But listen to the government specifically Fauci and Burks, or listen to Bill Gates, and they'll tell you that 
18 months to two years, we're going to have an effective vaccine, and then we can open everything back up. Well, first off, if you're anything like me, 18 months seems like a long time to live in fear of this virus, especially when you consider that we've been talking about millions and millions of people dying, and now they're saying, oh, maybe it's really 100,000 or 200,000 in America. And those numbers continually seem to be getting lower and lower, and yet the fear is real and everybody's kind of freaking out about this. And it's very interesting when you get on social media, you basically have mostly two sides. It reminds me very much of politics. You either have the, you know, the far right or the far left. But in the case of this COVID-19, your politics don't seem to matter too much. I would say people who are more conservative and kind of constitutionally minded are still questioning what's happening with government intervention in our lives more so than maybe the more liberal-minded people are. But to a large degree, people who are very conservative, people who are very liberal, are kind of in the same boat in a lot of cases saying, oh my gosh, this is terrifying and we need to do everything we can to lock everything down that we can. And yet, we're ignoring so many other ramifications of said lockdown. I'm not going to talk about that in too much detail. I want to talk specifically about why you should not be counting on an effective vaccine to open everything back up 18 months from now, like we keep hearing. I believe it's a pipe dream. And if a vaccine comes out in 18 months, which I would not be surprised if it does, I would be very, very concerned about the safety of said vaccine. Again, primarily because they've tried it with SARS, the closest relative to COVID-19 that we have, and it failed miserably. It was killing people. It was very, very dangerous. They could not do it. So they actually ditched the efforts. There was not, there had been years of research into a coronavirus vaccine prior to this outbreak, and it all basically ended up in the trash can as they said, we're not succeeding with this. And SARS isn't a huge threat anymore, and so they kind of stopped. And now, of course, COVID-19 pops up, and all of a sudden, it's a big threat again, and they say, whoop, we better get back on it. Well, I'd be very, 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 very leery of that vaccine, especially when you consider, again, that we have a very, very, very small percentage of the population that is really at any significant risk for COVID-19 to actually hurt them. Okay, so let's get into this uh, Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks thing, because I really feel like you need to understand that these are the people that are being considered experts on mainstream media and by government in this fight. And I want you to understand why I believe that we should not consider them experts at all. Gates, Fauci, and Burks are saying that a vaccine is the only cure. They consistently downplay even the available drugs in the pharmaceutical industry, such as hydroxychloroquine, as options. What makes a computer scientist, billionaire, a medical expert? Anyway, I've looked into the record of Bill Gates' so-called philanthropic efforts as they relate to vaccines in the third world. There are piles of evidence that he is creating far more problems than he is solving. But when you have more money than God, you get to play God. And that's what Bill Gates seems to be doing. Here's just a small piece of the evidence as to why we should be trusting anyway other than Gates and his foundation and its accomplices. This is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s Instagram post. 
Promising to eradicate polio with $1.2 billion, Gates took control of India's National Advisory Board, the NAB, and mandated 50 polio vaccines up from five to every child before age five. Indian doctors blame the Gates campaign for a devastating vaccine-strain polio epidemic that paralyzed 496,000 children between 2000 and 2017. In 2017, the Indian government dialed back Gates' vaccine regimen and evicted Gates and his cronies from the NAB. Polio paralysis rates dropped precipitously. In 2017, the World Health Organization reluctantly admitted that the global polio explosion is predominantly vaccine strain, meaning it is coming from Gates' vaccine program. Now, I want to make sure that this is clear. There are two types of disease now, viruses and things like that, since we've had vaccines. We have the vaccine strain, meaning that it is a virus caused by the vaccine itself, meaning the vaccinated people are getting sick and passing it on to other people, whether vaccinated or not. And then we have the natural strain or the, or the wild strain, as they call it. And in the case of polio, 496,000 children in India between 2000 and 2017 were paralyzed and 75% of those children had vaccine strain polio. Interestingly enough, they don't call it polio. They call it something else. And I think that's mostly for propaganda. But regardless, that's what it is. And the World Health Organization admitted as much. The most frightening epidemics in Congo the Philippines, and Afghanistan are all linked to Gates' vaccines. By 2018, three-quarters of global polio cases, this is not just Indian now, now we're talking the whole world, were from Gates' vaccines. In 2014, the Gates Foundation funded tests of experimental HPV vaccines developed by GSK and Merck on 23,000 young girls in remote Indian provinces. Approximately 1,200 Of 23,000 suffered severe side effects, including autoimmune disease and fertility disorders. Seven of them died. Indian government investigations charged that Gates-funded researchers committed pervasive ethical violations, pressuring vulnerable village girls into the trial, bullying parents, forging consent forms, and refusing medical care to the injured girls. The case is now in the country's Supreme Court. In 2010, the Gates Foundation funded a trial of GSK's experimental malaria vaccine, killing 151 African infants and causing serious adverse effects, including paralysis, seizure, and febrile convulsions to 1,048 of the 5,049 children. That's about 20% of participants. That's the history of Bill Gates and vaccines in third world countries. And now he's the primary funder of the vaccine for COVID-19 that he wants to bring worldwide, including the good old U.S. of A. Now, I want to be clear. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is reality. And yet when I supported a change.org petition to stop Gates from pushing forward his digital ID 2020 initiative, Facebook pulled that down. They pulled down the change.org petition to stop Gates from pushing for a digital uh, microchip, essentially, 
that he wants to put into everybody to show their vaccine status. Does that sound like some 1984 George Orwell stuff or what? And yet I signed it, I posted it, and it was pulled down within hours. I've had multiple friends ask me, how do they find this petition? You can't. You can't find the link anymore. That is censorship at its finest and most despicable. And meanwhile, the company line will not be censored. And what is the company line? Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Stay home. Stay safe. Social distancing. Shut down your business. Lose all the money in your 401k. But don't worry, we have a multi-billion dollar vaccine that according to the experts is likely dangerous and probably won't work. Thanks, Bill, Anthony, and Deborah. We are so fortunate to have you leading the fight against COVID-19. If you have questions, call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. When I come back, I will share with you actual options above and beyond the preschool level ones they're giving us on how you can fight this and other viruses. That's when I come back. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is we don't just sell supplements. We consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I am your host, Jared St. Clair. I'm here with you each and every week. Let me tell you how it's done. If you're new to the podcast or you're still listening on local radio, which I love my local listeners, thank you and keep tuning in. But if you want to get even a bigger experience and a more convenient one, maybe jump on the podcast. The podcast is on twice a week. I drop an old, what we call a vintage vitality episode every Wednesday and the new episode every Saturday morning, just like I do it locally in Salt Lake City. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody, find us on your podcast, your favorite podcast app, hit share and send it to your friends and family. Let's get the word out to as many people as we possibly can. 
If you want to interact with the show, you can do so by jumping on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vitality Radio. I've been posting a lot of stuff on Facebook of late uh, having to do with coronavirus and a few other things, and I would love for you to join us. You can also jump on what is still a bit of a uh, unfinished website, vitalityradio.com, but all the shows are there. And you can jump on there and uh, look at uh, some of the new features that are going to be coming soon. Very excited about it. I'm going to have a couple of ebooks out uh, in the next few months that I think you'll want uh, to have in your library and a few other things like that. Okay, so if this whole lockdown, COVID 19 thing has you stressed out and on edge like it does me, breathe deeply relax. Put your feet in a magnesium bath. If you don't know what that is, call us and we'll tell you what it is because it's awesome. One of my favorite new discoveries. And I've arranged something for you. If you like CBD or if you've never used CBD, but you've been curious about it and you know that you want one that you can trust, one that's been proven to work over the last several years, I have arranged with my two favorite CBD companies, CV Sciences and Solaray, a special deal for my Vitality Radio and podcast listeners. Right now, if you mention the Vitality Radio podcast, you can get 40% off of our top-selling CBD formulas for stress. We have one by CV Sciences. It's what we call the Green 15, and it is awesome. And we have one by Solaray called CBD Stress Blend, and it is also awesome. We'll be happy to explain the difference over the phone or in person. Give us a call, 801-292-6662. And remember to get 40% off. You have to mention Vitality Radio Podcast. This is a limited time while supplies last offer. And I'm making it specifically because I know stress is high and we've got to calm things down, take it down a notch, relax, help you sleep a little better, helps with pain management, things like that. CBD, safe, effective, absolutely love the stuff. And right now you can get 40% off for mentioning Vitality Radio Podcast. Okay, so you've heard me tout the awesomeness of a product called InnerC. In fact, I had the developer of InnerC on the radio a couple of months ago. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on radio. Love that guy. And I still absolutely love InnerC. I've talked about how it beats emergency. Please do not confuse the two. Emergency is found in Walmart and everywhere else you can possibly imagine, Costco and all those places. And years ago, it was a great formula. I grew up on the stuff. But Pfizer, the big bad Pfizer, took them over and ruined the formula. It just isn't what it used to be. Not saying it's worthless. It still has some merit. It's not a terrible product, so don't feel like... You know, if you've got some, you can't use it up. I'd say use it up. But when you're done and when it becomes available again, you need to get on InterC. If you love what Emergency does, you'll love InterC so much better. It's a fantastic product. But here's the problem. As you may know, and maybe you don't, in this craziness that we call the COVID-19 shutdown, InterC and just about every other form of vitamin C is very hard to get. All the good stuff is gone for the most part. We have scraped and scraped to get some vitamin C at Vitality. Zinc is very hard to come by. Olive leaf, echinacea, elderberry, colloidal silver, it's all hard to get. 
we've done what I think is actually kind of a remarkable job. The good news about being in the business for 40 plus years is we've built some great relationships and we've been able to make a few things happen and pull some strings. And one thing I'm excited about, really excited about, and it's the reason I had to sort of change up this episode compared to what I was originally going to present to you, is that on Friday, the day before this episode airs, because I am actually pre-recording, the day before the episode airs, I am going to be putting on the shelf a product called Vital C. Let me tell you how this came about. You know what they say, necessity breeds invention. In light of the current state of the nation and the COVID scare, I went to my good friend at my manufacturing facility that makes my other formulas and I asked him for a huge favor. I said, hey, if we find ingredients that I approve that are in your warehouse right now, can you throw together a formula for me in like two weeks or less? To my surprise, he said, yeah, I can do that. So we sat down at his computer in person, he and I, right behind his desk, and we looked at what was available for vitamin C and zinc with a powerful natural herbal antiviral component to it. And Vital C was born. I'm so excited about this product because timing is everything. I have been researching vitamin C digging in deeper than I ever have, and I've learned some amazing things. I'm really, really excited. I've known a lot about vitamin C for a long time, and maybe if you're a long-time listener, you know about my Vital 5, which are probiotics, uh, digestive enzymes, a good multivitamin. Trust me, that's not Centrum. And uh, omega-3s and magnesium and trace minerals. Those are my Vital 5. The five things that I think everybody would benefit from supplementing once they hit about the age of 30, and in many cases younger than that. However, very seriously considering with all the research I've been doing on vitamin C over the last couple of weeks, with what we're seeing coming out of this COVID-19 and how vitamin C may actually be the best thing that we can use to fight it, I just had forgotten, I guess, how amazing vitamin C is and how critical it is. And the passion for vitamin C has been reborn, very seriously considering making it the number six member of my Vital Five, which means I guess I'd have to call it the Vital Six, right? I'm going to sleep on that for a few nights, but I'll let you know if I change my mind and add vitamin C. But this is what I've learned. As I brought to you last week, we know that vitamin C is one of, if not the most effective natural remedy for COVID-19. It has been used with great success in China, Korea, and other countries, including a little bit even here in America, believe it or not. In fact, it has been so effective that in China, they are currently at least doing three double-blind studies being conducted on vitamin C on active COVID patients. Now, we won't have those results until close to the end of 2020, but the early signs indicate that those results will be very good. The lead researcher in China's largest vitamin C and COVID-19 study states that the preliminary results of the study are promising. The investigator said the administration of 24 grams, that's 24,000 milligrams per day to COVID-19 patients leads to significant reductions in inflammation. Dr. Chang said this is notable because massive inflammation in the lungs and potentially other organs may be fatal in this illness. Now, if you're a longtime listener to Vitality Radio, you know by now that the World quote unquote health organization 
the Centers for Disease Control and the Food and Drug Administration have little use for natural remedies that cannot be patented and make billions of dollars for big pharma. As such, the World Health Organization, that's the WHO, has held meetings with both Google and Facebook to ask them to censor information about vitamin C and its effect on COVID-19. Now, let's backtrack a little bit. China, right now, three studies in progress on COVID-19. Three studies on COVID-19 and vitamin C to see if it'll really work because initially it looks like it does. And yet in America, they're calling that a fake cure. And the World Health Organization is telling Google and Facebook to censor the information about vitamin C and its effect on COVID-19. This is precisely how you can tell that vitamin C is likely very effective as an option for prevention and elimination of COVID-19. They only censor what they fear. Remember that. Why is vitamin C so effective against viruses? Persistent arguments on the question of vitamin C are what type, what dose, how much actually works. So we're going to talk about that first, and then we're going to get to its viral effectiveness, okay? First off, we have to understand that we are one of only three mammals that does not make vitamin C in our own bodies. We have to get it from outside. That's important. Really, really important. We don't make it. It is an essential nutrient we must get from an outside source. The answer to how much is actually quite a lot. Most animals make the human body weight equivalent of 5,000 to 10,000 milligrams a day. They make 5 to 10,000 milligrams a day. It is unlikely that animals would have evolved to make this much vitamin C if they did not need it and use it. Indeed, cells in many human body tissues concentrate vitamin C by 25 times or more over blood concentration. Each person's need for vitamin C differs because differences in genetics and individual biochemistry. Further, our bodies undergo different stresses and we certainly eat different foods. Therefore, the daily need for ascorbate, which is the form of vitamin C that is found in the body, to maintain health for an adult varies from 2 to 20,000 milligrams, according to the uh, orthomolecular research uh, website. Probably the best website on vitamin C research that there is, certainly the best one I've found. When we are challenged with a viral infection, our need for vitamin C can rise dramatically. I've read as much as six to 10 times as much needed when we're sick versus when we're healthy. Now that depends on the body's immune function, the level of injury, infection, or environmental toxicity. But ascorbate at sufficiently high doses, and I'm going to say ascorbate because that's the form of vitamin C found in the body, okay, can prevent viral disease and greatly speed recovery from an acute viral infection. Surprisingly, to some, this was originally observed by physicians in the 1940s. We've known about this for almost 80 years and has been verified and re-verified over the past 75 plus years by doctors who achieved quick and complete recovery in their patients with ascorbate megadoses. 
We're going to focus on what megadose means here in a minute. The effective therapeutic dose is based on clinical observation and bowel tolerance. Now, clinical observation is essentially taking enough vitamin C to be symptom-free, whatever that amount may be, and bowel tolerance means exactly what you think it means, the amount that can be absorbed from the gut without causing a loose stool. And it's important to understand that ascorbic acid, typical vitamin C, what's in emergency, for instance, but not in inner C or vital C, but Typical vitamin C tends to cause bowel intolerance in most people once they get around two, three, four thousand milligrams, which makes it very hard to take the right amount to knock something out, right? But it's important to understand that you can take more vitamin C if you get the right type. The effective therapeutic dose is based on clinical observation and bowel tolerance, as I as I discussed. And what has been said in the past is that if you take enough ascorbic acid just before, just to the point where you're starting to get diarrhea. That's where you should stop. It should give you enough to be an effective dose without causing a lot of discomfort. But that varies from person to person. And my experience has been that if I get much more than about 3,000 milligrams of ascorbic acid, which is really not enough if you're fighting something, that it's too much. However, I can take a lot of ascorbate form, non-acidic vitamin C, without the same issue. Let's talk about the uh, doses that have been used and how they've been used and what they've actually been used to fight in clinical studies. Very high doses, 30,000 milligrams to 200,000 milligrams. Those are big doses. Remember in the coronavirus study in China, they're using 24,000 milligrams. Divided up throughout the day are remarkably non-toxic, that's very important of course, and have been documented by physicians as curing viral diseases as various as the common cold, influenza, hepatitis, viral pneumonia, and even polio. Does that sound hard to believe? Listen to this. Dr. Frederick Klinner, well over 50 years ago, cured a wide variety of acute viral syndromes still considered by modern medicine to be incurable, including polio and measles. However, he used multi-gram doses of vitamin C and administered those doses um, either intramuscularly or through intravenous routes. 57 of the 60 polio cases were cured by Dr. Klinner in only three days. Is that insane? It sounds too good to be true, right? That's just vitamin C, but at massive doses. It's very, very interesting. A lot going on with vitamin C intravenously in America right now. The FDA doesn't like it. The Centers for Disease Control don't like it. It's being used by a lot of alternative doctors for a variety of different illnesses that frankly don't respond to much else. And it is becoming harder and harder for physicians to get. I know a local naturopathic physician who's had a very, very difficult time getting it and has had to increase his prices dramatically because it has to be imported and the cost has gone way up just to get intravenous vitamin C. It's despicable what they're doing to try and stop these natural cures from actually being available to the general public. Remember, we talked about Google and Facebook censoring the very information on vitamin C. It's mm, crazy stuff. Does it seem impossible to believe this? Well, I've actually downloaded Dr. Klinner's book on the use of vitamin C in his studies that he did, again, back in the 40s and 50s. And I'm going to be pouring over that over the next few days, and I'll bring you 
more information on what I find probably on next week's episode. I have already talked a lot about vitamin C the last episode and a half, but the information I keep getting is just deeper and better and more impressive and just kind of blowing my mind. And so I I can't not share it with you and I hope it's still interesting. It's fascinating and critical information. I mentioned the censorship currently being utilized against vitamin C and viruses, especially COVID-19. Get this, in order to prepare last week's show and this week's show, I had to use a search engine called DuckDuckGo to get this information. I couldn't find it with Google. It's just not there anymore. And yet, a month ago, I could find it on Google, no problem. This is true censorship, and it needs to stop. And I don't know how to fix the problem other than to make you aware of it. But I highly recommend, if you want uncensored information, on health at least, go to DuckDuckGo.com. Just like it sounds, D-U-C-K-D-U-C-K-Go.com. It's a goofy name, but remember when Google first came out, it sounded pretty goofy too. Now, I will say that in some ways, it's not as good of a search engine as Google. It's a little hard to find some things. But what's great about it is you can find the stuff you need that you literally can't find on Google anymore. And I highly recommend you use this independent source because Google is far too in bed with one of their major advertisers, which is Big Pharma. Oh, and let me go into that just a little bit more. On Google, all I could find was hit pieces on vitamin C. You know what a hit piece is? These are pieces that are written by hacks that are talking about how vitamin C doesn't have enough research and It doesn't really work that well, and it's not effective against the common cold, and it's certainly not effective against COVID-19, and so on and so forth. These papers that I've read are so incredibly bad, misleading, and just downright lying to you that it makes me sick that they're ever even published, and then that Google is publishing these things and making them easy to find while it hides the good stuff that we actually know works, that we actually have clinical evidence and proof that it fights this stuff, they're hiding that and putting out the garbage that says vitamin C is no good. In fact, the most common thing that I read was things to this effect. The research on vitamin C is limited and not sufficient to make any strong claims as to an antiviral agent. But you know what? On PubMed, the government's own website, PubMed, owned by the National Institutes of Health, they're right there with their buddies, the CDC. There's study after study that concludes that vitamin C is a powerful antiviral. The studies that these hit pieces reference are routinely using miniature doses of vitamin C, 200 to 500 milligrams, for instance, as opposed to 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, and so on milligrams of vitamin C. Of course, those don't work. That's a tiny amount of vitamin C. It's not therapeutic. It's enough to keep you alive. It's not enough to fight off a nasty virus. Those results are unimpressive. Those hit pieces are specifically using those results and those results only so that they can sound like they're telling the truth while they're covering up the lies. So what should you do? Well, this is what I'm doing. We're in the midst of this COVID-19 thing. I will tell you right now, I've told you before, I am not scared of COVID-19. I don't have a good reason to be. The two people that I was the closest to that are elderly 
were my parents and they're not with us anymore. I sure wish they were. But I'm not at risk. I'm a healthy 47-year-old. I mean, yes, there are a few people my age range dying, but not very many and not without underlying medical concerns. So yeah, I'm not worried about it. And my kids, they're even at less risk than I am. But even if I was in my 70s or 80s, or if my parents were still here, other loved ones that I had that were old and potentially weak or immunocompromised, I wouldn't be concerned because I believe I know how to fight this stuff. I'm just not all that scared of disease because there are always natural things that work. Now, eventually we all die. And there are some things that we have not cracked the case on yet. But viruses are not one of those things. We know how to kill viruses. We don't know specifically how to kill coronavirus. I admit that. However, we know that vitamin C and megadoses, colloidal silver is another one, that have been shown to kill SARS. So we can fairly safely assume that SARS being a coronavirus, these things are probably effective against that as well. And in China and Korea, and even here in America, there is a doctor in New York, at least one that I'm aware of, using vitamin C with success against coronavirus. So I'm not concerned about it, but it doesn't mean that I don't want to keep my immune system bolstered. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep your immune system bolstered, and especially if you feel like you're in one of those at-risk categories, that you shouldn't keep your immune system bolstered. So this is what I'm doing. I take a total of about 3 grams or 3,000 milligrams of ascorbate C daily. Prior to this research, I was using one to 2,000 milligrams a day, and I've been doing that my whole life. But I've stepped it up. The evidence is too powerful for me to deny. For years, I've used five to 10,000 milligrams when I get sick. But now I'll be increasing that to 15 to 20,000 milligrams. And I know that sounds like a lot, but I'm telling you, I've read the research. It isn't toxic, especially in the times when you're very sick because you need somewhere between six and 10 times as much when you're ill as when you're healthy. Your body will use significantly higher amounts when you're sick versus when you're healthy. And you're only doing those mega doses for a short time till you're feeling well anyway. I do believe that two to 3,000 milligrams daily of a non-acidic ascorbate form of vitamin C makes sense for most adults, especially during this time but even daily otherwise. Why the ascorbate? I want to get into it a little bit more. Remember, that's the kind that is found in the body. Your body has to convert any form of vitamin C to an ascorbate form in order for it to work. So why not start with an ascorbate form? It's better absorbed. It stays in the system longer, sometimes twice as long. It doesn't tend to cause gastric upset in most people, even at high doses. It's generally from non-genetically modified sources, as opposed to the genetically modified corn that most vitamin C comes from. And most importantly, this is what our bodies must convert vitamin C into, like I said before. Now, if you're reading labels, you look at the back of the label in the supplement facts panel, it's going to say either calcium ascorbate, sodium ascorbate, potassium ascorbate, magnesium ascorbate, zinc ascorbate, any of those are great. My preference is not calcium ascorbate because most of us are getting too much difficult to absorb calcium anyway. And sodium ascorbate, which is very effective, some people can't handle that much sodium. So 
I like magnesium, potassium, and zinc ascorbate the best. Electrolytes are something that most of us are very deficient in, and they're a critical cofactor in vitamin C because you have to have those minerals in order for vitamin C to absorb into the cell and do what it needs to do anyway. Most of us are deficient in those minerals. So believe it or not, if you're taking ascorbic acid, which is what most vitamin C is. So again, when you're on that supplement facts panel, look there and see what it says. Does it say ascorbate from one of those minerals or does it say ascorbic acid? If it says acid, it's not a superior form of vitamin C. It's not worthless. There's excellent research on ascorbic acid. In fact, most vitamin research is on ascorbic acid and it's it's fine. It's good. But you can't take it at the mega dose without significant stomach upset in almost every case. And it, it's very acidic and can create issues in short-term and long-term use for a lot of people. But it does still, that's what Dr. Klinner used when he was fighting polio 50 years ago. So we know it works. All vitamin C is good. But the ascorbate form, for my money, is definitely the best form and, and my preferred form and what I'm using in my new formula and what I've used in all my vitamin C formulas that I've developed over the years, or all my formulas that have vitamin C in them, I should say. So if you don't have those minerals with the vitamin C, the magnesium, the potassium, sodium, zinc, and so on, then your body has to use those minerals that you already have on board to utilize the vitamin C. So by taking vitamin C, ascorbic acid, without those minerals, you can actually create a higher deficiency than you already had. And obviously, we want to avoid that. Okay, so that's why I like the ascorbate form. It's the best form. Most of us are deficient in those electrolytes. We're all deficient in vitamin C, especially when we're trying to fight a coronavirus or any other kind of virus. So again, I'm taking about 3,000 milligrams a day. And um, if you have questions about vitamin C, of course, call us at Vitality, 801-292-6662. Now, when I was developing Vital C, I didn't want it to just be vitamin C. For one thing, I love vitamin C. It's awesome. But there, in nature, we have so much synergy with so many different ways that we can approach this kind of stuff. And I love an herb called olive leaf. And like it sounds, it comes from the olive tree. Olive trees are fascinating. I went to Jerusalem once and found olive trees that were 1,500 years old in the Garden of Gethsemane. 1,500 years old, almost old enough to remember Christ. Is that insane? Crazy, crazy stuff. And you look at these trees and they're withered and they're old, but they're still strong. Amazing. There's something to that olive tree. And the research that's being done on olive trees, olive oil, and olive leaf is powerful. Let's talk about it. According to PubMed, again, that's the National, Events, or National Institute of Health's website. This is the medical website. It says, oleuropine, which is the primary active phenol in olive leaf extract, has several pharmacological properties, including antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti-atherogenic, uh, which means it reduces fatty plaque buildup in the arteries, anti-cancer, antibacterial, and antiviral. In addition, oleuropine has been shown to be cardioprotective and has been shown to exhibit anti-ischemic 
which means that it increases blood flow to the tissues and hypolipidemic activities, which means it reduces triglycerides and cholesterol. So let's go through that again. These are the things that PubMed says, okay? Not some herb company selling olive leaf and not me. This is the federal government on their website. Anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, anti-cancer, antimicrobial, antiviral, protective of the cardiovascular system as a whole. Those are some great reasons to use olive leaf. Fortunately, we also know though that the phenolic compounds from virgin olive oil have been demonstrated to be highly bioavailable. It's pretty easy to absorb. Let's talk about the antibacterial component and then we'll talk about the antiviral one. Oleuropine, which again is olive leaf extract, has been shown to take to have strong antimicrobial activity against both gram-negative and gram-positive bacteria, as well as mycoplasma. Now that's pretty cool because mycoplasma is hard to kill and really isn't phased by antibiotics. And yet olive leaf has been shown to be very effective against it. Phenolic structures similar to oleuropine seem to produce its antibacterial effect by damaging the bacterial membrane and or disrupting cell peptidoglycans. What is even more amazing is that the phenols in olive leaf are not only safe for the good bacteria in the human body, but also actually help to increase positive bacteria in the gut. That's quite the opposite of what happens with antibiotics. And now for its antiviral properties. In a U.S. patent, it has been claimed that oleuropine has potent antiviral activities against herpes, mono, hepatitis virus, rotavirus, bovine rhinovirus, canine parvovirus, and feline leukemia virus. Studies have also shown that oleuropine exhibits a significant antiviral activity against respiratory virus and parainfluenza virus. Now, those last two are really important when we're talking about COVID. Now, again, I am not making claims against COVID-19. I do not know what kills it. I can only go off of what I do know, and that is that olive leaf extract is extremely effective on viruses and bacterial things. So if you get those things, you know, those symptoms that can either be bacterial or viral, olive leaf makes sense because it tackles both sides. And I also know that vitamin C is extremely effective against things like this. And it looks like, at least in the early going, specifically vitamin C is good against COVID-19. We'll know more in a few months. But right now, all we can do is go off of what we have. And we have that. Okay, the last ingredient that I want to talk about, zinc. And I'm short on time, so I'm not going to get into great detail on zinc, but I will make a few statements. First, I'm going to quote the National Institutes of Health from PubMed. These are the same people censoring information on natural antivirals in the wake of coronavirus, but on their own website, it says this. Zinc is an essential trace element that is crucial for growth, development, and the maintenance of immune function. Its influence reaches all organs and cell types. Zinc deficiency is strikingly common. Consequently, zinc status is a critical factor that can influence antiviral immunity, particularly as zinc-deficient populations are often most at risk 
of acquiring viral infections such as HIV or hepatitis C. An abundance of evidence has accumulated over the past 50 years to demonstrate the antiviral activity of zinc against a variety of viruses and via numerous mechanisms. The therapeutic use of zinc for viral infections such as herpes simplex virus and the common cold has stemmed from these findings. That's the government saying it, not me. Now, I want to address something that has I've received several questions about over the last few days. There's a doctor named Naputi who has a viral, no pun intended, video all over social media right now. If you haven't seen it, look him up, N-A-P-U-T-E, Naputi. You'll find it. He's everywhere. I want to caution you, though, to be a little more careful than what he says about zinc. And I agree with most everything Naputi says. I have nothing bad to say about him, but I think he's recommending a little too much zinc. He says 100 to 150 milligrams a day preventatively. That's too high, in my opinion, from what I've read. And you can take too much zinc. So I believe taking 30 to 50 milligrams daily preventatively makes a lot of sense. I'm concerned about much more than that unless you actually become ill. At that point, there's plenty of evidence that a more therapeutic dose of zinc is useful, maybe 100 to 150 milligrams, for instance. So, vitamin C is mineral ascorbates. Zinc and olive leaf extract make a world of sense on a daily basis, regardless of a pandemic. They make sense in mega doses during a viral or bacterial infection, and they make even more sense today. <sighs> there we go. Come to another end of a show. I don't have time to talk about the probiotic findings, but I will very, very soon because it's exciting stuff. If you have questions, give us a call at Vitality, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Thank you, thank you, thank you for lending me your ear. If you have more questions about Vital C, give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801 801- 292-6662. Remember, if you need CBD, 40% off our two most popular formulas. If you mention Vitality Radio this week, we'd love to help you out. I got to go. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.